Hi, I'm Terry Modica, and I want to welcome you into A Pilgrimage of the Soul, a podcast retreat from Good News Ministries of GNM.org. You are entering into a mystical union with Christ based on the mysteries of the rosary for your daily life. This retreat was recorded in New Zealand during a live conference. Let's begin with a prayer to open yourself to all that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you. Pray with me. Come, Holy Spirit, renew me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill me. Come, Holy Spirit, teach me. Help me to receive more of the Father's love and healing from Jesus my Savior. Come, Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. The crucifixion, the fifth sorrowful mystery, is when we die to our own desires for what we want the outcome to be. We're crucified when, by denying our desires to run away from the situation instead of sticking it out. There's all kinds of dying to cells that we do. When we start looking at the gem instead of the muck, we're dying to ourselves again. That's the pruning going on. But right now I want to focus on the kind of dying that occurs when we let go of wanting the results to be the way we want them to be. What I longed for with Father Ed and that cross was the restoration of the friendship we had before his alcoholism surfaced as a problem. For years I worked at that with him to get us to that point. Each time he got very close to having a turning around point and he backed off from it. Three times he did that. And you know what Jesus said about if you clean house and don't fill it up with Christ, what happens? The demons that left go and get their buddies and bring seven times in. It gets worse. And we witness that. It really happens. We witness that in Ed. Each time he got worse. He did not, he, he had the Holy Spirit in him. That's what brought us to the Catholic Church. But there was a hole in him that never got filled with Christ. I went on a pilgrimage with him to the Holy Land in 1998. This was midway through this four-year journey. And I had a real powerful experience, a supernatural experience that really drove this home to me about that hole that needs to get filled with Christ. We were at the Jordan River where we get the opportunity to renew our baptismal vows because it's roughly, it's not exactly, but it's roughly the spot where Jesus was baptized. It was kind of near and they have this place set up where it allows people to, to put on robes and, and to keep their clothes dry so they can get back on the bus in dry clothes. And, you know, and they have this place where you sit around on stone benches as the priest is preparing for us for the renewal of baptism and then you get dunked the way John the Baptist dunked Jesus. A powerful experience powerful. But Father Ed didn't want anything to do with that. And he kept himself off from the rest of us. He didn't even sit down with us. There was a spiritual battle going on in him. When I rose up out of the waters of my renewal of baptism, 
I was suddenly filled with a vision of the hole in Father Ed. It was a black hole in his soul that went straight to hell. I don't know how else to describe it. It was a black, ugly hole. It was a void, like, you know, it was a pure void. There was nothing in it, not even nothingness. I don't know how else to describe it. When I saw that, I cried and cried and cried. And I had a friend with me who was helping to carry this, helping me carry the cross. She knew about this journey I was on. And I just hugged her and we cried and cried and cried. That was the time I cried the deepest because I saw what a hole in the soul looks like. When we don't fill those holes, and we all have them to some extent. When we don't fill those holes with Christ, we're going to get worse. At the end of that four years, he had gotten so much worse that we actually had to report him to the bishop. And we realized by now, only the most drastic of measures might get him to wake up to his problem. So we reported him to the bishop. Unfortunately, it just went from that bishop to his hometown bishop, where he had been on loan from, who just did not get him to the counseling that he needed. Father Ed ended up contracting a disease. Big, long word, can't remember the name of it. But it affected the nerves of his feet. And I thought, you know, our purgatories are exactly what we need most. It affects the area of our lives. A lot of times our pains, our sufferings, our diseases, our physical ailments, not always, but a lot of times our physical ailments are what we need in order to counterbalance some sinful thing going on. Good News Ministries has as its theme scripture, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who spread good news. How appropriate that this priest who had this downfall would have his feet diseased. I think the demons had a hold of his feet long before the disease got him, and that's what made my theory. That's what made his feet vulnerable to that disease. And gradually that disease, and it was very painful, it affected his nerves and it was very painful, and gradually it worked its way up his legs till he could no longer walk. He could no longer do his, any priestly duties. And it continued to work his, its way up his whole body, and he was bedridden. And at only 62 years old, he contracted Alzheimer's disease. We did not know at this point what was going on with him because we had just totally disconnected because we were his drug and he needed to not be addicted to us anymore. And the best way to lose an addiction is to total withdrawal when that too was hard for us. But eventually his sister contacted me and said, he's asking for you. He was ready to reconcile. Even in his Alzheimer's brain, and even in the disease that had now reached his mouth so that he couldn't even speak clearly, he wanted to reconcile with us. And we had a phone call with him. Very hard to understand what he was saying. I'm praying, Lord, what did he say? Lord, 
you know, I don't want to keep saying, what, what, what? You know, the guy is suffering. I want to know what he's saying so I know how to respond. And I didn't understand everything, but the Lord gave Ralph and me, because Ralph was on the extension listening too, the Lord gave Ralph and me enough insight as to what he was trying to say that we were able to, to respond and give him and reassure him of our love. Soon after that, I sent him a letter. I knew he was dying, so I'm thinking, what happens when a person dies when they get to heaven? They're great intercessors. So I think, well, he, he screwed up his relationship with me on earth, but that's not going to be permanent. So I sent a letter to him outlining everything I wanted him to be praying for when he finally reached heaven. Then we had another phone call, and he couldn't, in his Alzheimer's, remember this letter. So I sent it again. <laughs> because I also asked him to offer up his sufferings for these prayer requests. Good News Ministries was one of the prayer requests for the growth of the ministry. Because when he was starting in Good News Ministries, when he was doing good, one of the things he was passionate about was to spread the word to his brother priests hey, you ought to have this Good News Ministries team come and speak at your church. He was always looking for opportunities to help us do our ministry. He used to proof the website as I was developing it in its early years. And it was a blessing to me to have those extra set of eyes catching the mistakes and verifying it theologically as well. At the end, I knew that even if he, his Alzheimer's brain would not allow him to remember what I had written in that letter, his spirit knew. And when Jesus came for him, as he breathed his last breath and met him, I knew that at heart had wanted to be with Jesus the rest of eternity. So I knew the goodness in him that was not infected by his diseases was going to embrace Jesus. And I knew that, he, as St. As Paul says, when we die, the veil is lifted and we see things clearly. I knew he was going to experience that and understand the love that we had tried to convey to him in a healthy, holy way for a change. And I knew he would want to pray and know better how to pray what was on my prayer list that I'd given him. When he died... His funeral was going to be on a Friday in another state. I prayed about going there, and the Lord said, no, but you've, you can do something at home here. The church that he had been an associate priest at during his stay in Florida was the neighboring church of ours, and I went to their daily mass on that Friday, and I offered up that mass in my heart. I offered it up for his soul. And I, and I asked Jesus to connect it to his funeral mass that was going to take place in a couple of hours after that. The Lord gave me a vision. I don't often see visions. This was during the consecration. This was a vision that I know was not my imagination. It was really real. I saw Father Ed prostrate in front of the altar. Priests, when they died... They're in the full banquet of the Eucharist in heaven. They're living it. 
he was prostrate, adoring Jesus in the, the Eucharist. And he was about this high off the ground, three feet off the ground, prostrate before the Eucharist. And he was wearing white robes with gold trim. And Jesus said to me, I heard this clearly, he has begun his second priesthood. I never thought about that before. And I said, what does that mean, Lord? How is a priest doing a second priesthood after they die? And the Lord let me know over the next few hours and a couple of days that what that means is he's an intercessor the way a priest is an intercessor with the holy orders giving extra power to those prayers. And then the thought came to me, let me share with you what happened after I received communion, which I consider to be my clearest time of hearing the Lord. The, Jesus said, Ed would like to be your personal patron saint. And I said, oh, <laughs> this sounds cool. So I said, what does this mean? What does it mean that he'd be my personal patron saint? So I went home and I put it to the test. I asked for something that I had been trying to get for a long time and I wasn't getting it, and the next day I got it. <laughs> but because he was so interested in the growth of Good News Ministries, I also know he is helping the ministry grow. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's the one that got Helen Funnel to contact me. <laughs> and I really believe that he's praying for all of you, praying for me. So let me encourage you, ladies, even when it looks like the worst has happened, somebody has died in unrepentance, doesn't mean it's over. I believe that the sufferings he went through on earth was his purgatory. And whatever other purging he still needed was done quickly. You know, in the afterlife, there is no measurement of time like we measure it. So never give up on anybody. St. Ignatius of Antioch said, I am the wheat of Christ, ground by the teeth of beasts to become pure bread. In other words, we are the Eucharist for others. I was a Eucharist for Ed. He taught me what the Eucharist is. And I became Eucharist for him in loving him even when he wasn't lovable. In carrying that cross. In allowing myself to be crucified with Jesus. In allowing parts of Good News Ministries to die because of him, because of Father Ed. I was the Eucharist for Ed. And I also believe that that's part of why he could so quickly enter into his second priesthood. It is the love we bear for others as Eucharist, our Eucharistic love that helps them as much as any prayers could help somebody in purgatory. If you know somebody who has, is no longer on this earth, has died, and you loved them no matter what, and you're not sure where they ended up, you showed them Jesus in your love. When they, at the moment of their death, had the veil lifted and they could see clearly, 
they recognize Jesus in your love. And our love for one another heals. Jesus heals through our love for one another because Jesus is that love. During those years of suffering, those years of dealing with Father Ed and the other issues in my life, as a minister for God, as somebody who was already doing ministry, and seeing this all as ministry, I got tired. Acknowledge your tiredness. Acknowledge your need for rest and restoration. Take time out for yourself. You cannot carry the cross without resting. You cannot carry the cross successfully without nurturing yourself, allowing Jesus to nurture you. You need to take a holiday from it now and then. There were times, I don't know if you have this expression here, but in America, kids will wrestle with each other, and when they're, when they're tired of wrestling, they cry, Uncle! And that means quit for a while. <laughs> there were times during that four-year time we spent with Father Ed that I literally said, Uncle! to God. And he gave me a few days of respite. We need to take time to go on retreats like you are here this weekend. This is where my dream for the Restful Waters Restoration Center came from. I was walking along the river near my home, just pouring out my tears and my heart, my yearnings to Jesus. And along the banks of the river, I picked up a seed pod that had fallen off of a tree. And this tree was in the yard along the river bank of this house that every time I looked at it, I thought, boy, that would make a nice retreat house. I wish I could go sit there for a while. And as I picked up the seed pod, probably don't have this tree in your country, it's called an elephant ear tree because the seed pod looks like a dried up brown elephant ear, but it's, it's not thin, it's, it's, it's got room for the seeds in it. And you pick this up, and it rattles. After it has fallen to the ground, the seeds rattle. It's waiting to be pulled into the dirt, the fertile soil, so that it can crack open and these seeds will sprout. And I picked this up, and I said, Lord, like these seeds, let me, this is when the Restful Waters Restoration Center idea was born, let me provide a place for other people who are carrying crosses and are tired and need time out, need time to restore their relationship with you and restore their energies and hear your comfort and your affirmation and, and feel you drying their tears. I still have that seed pod by my desk as a reminder of that communion with God that I had on that. We need time to rest and be restored. So please, whatever crosses you're carrying, you're going to fall and keep falling and maybe not even be able to get up unless you take time out. And when you feel like you have fallen, that's a big clue that now is the time to take some time out. What I'd like you to do next, sometime between now and this evening's program, when we're going to have adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, 
on a little piece of paper, write down what your crosses are. A word or a phrase that describes your crosses. Your heartaches. Your prayer requests. During adoration, there's going to be an opportunity for you to drop them into a basket and relinquish them to Jesus. And Jesus will minister to you. Remember I said this morning, the healing balm has already gone out. Tonight, during adoration, the healing balm is going to be powerful for you if you are fertile soil and you are paying attention and you're asking Jesus to speak to you, to comfort you, to strengthen you. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.